What's up, what's up everyone? Welcome to another week of the GoLink Show. My name is Ben, the host and founder of GoLink. GoLink is a supportive community of growth junkies and life learners embracing weekly challenges. Each week we find a new way to level up and learn something new. So it could be a cold shower, waking up at 5 a.m., a kind act, taking yourself on a date, journaling, meditating, various fitness activities, and much more. These challenges are inspired by mission-driven brands that align with our values. So if you're crazy like me and you love to level up and you're always looking for ways to evolve and grow and step into your fullest potential, then GoLink is just for you. Join us every week on social media to participate in these weekly challenges. Embrace the challenge with me at GoLink Group. The GoLink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from life enthusiasts with a unique perspective. So they could be a mother, a teacher, business owner, coach, entrepreneur, somebody with many years of experience, or someone just stepping into their arena. Wherever they are in life's journey, we all have a story to tell. So we delve into the struggles that we come across during our journey. How do we find the will to make it through? What role does failure play in our lives? What tools and lessons have we learned from those difficult experiences? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more in the show. Thanks for tuning in. What up world, and I'm literally mean, what up to the world? Because I have my friend Glow on the show, and she's a travel blogger, so I don't know who could be listening to this, and she's traveled to more than 70 countries. It was 78 at the time of recording. I haven't double-checked with her of how many more she's at now, uh, but she educate other, she's educating others to do the same too. So she gets paid to travel, and her minimum is to like 10,000 plus all the fees and costs on top of that. And she's tra- she's teaching others to do the same. So if you're interested in travel blogging, keep listening. And if you're just listening for a great conversation for a real person, keep listening because she is so real and upfront about her life. It's refreshing and her energy is magnetic. And I've been so happy that I've been able to talk to her because she's helped me think bigger with my business. She did 500,000 of revenue in 2019, right? As an individual, that's crazy. And when you talk about it, it becomes normal, right? When I start to throw out my monetary goals or I start to talk about, oh, I put 40,000 on the line. I've made this much, like start vocalizing your big dreams so it becomes normal. But thinking and dreaming big is not the only thing. Execution is that magic sauce that separates you. And we talk about that. And she goes into the not so glamorous side because of course, when you look on Instagram, you see these pretty photos and you think, wow, how amazing would it be to travel all the time for work? But it took a big toll on her health physically and mentally. And we dive into that. Like she's starved herself waiting to get paid, surviving on loaves of like a loaf of bread for a week. She's been lonely, right? When you travel. So it's not all glamorous, but she's learned so much and she's going to share that with you. She's awesome. I'm so happy that she sat down with me. I think before this interview, it was a 10 hour friendship. I met her at a conference and just another good reason to go to a conference, go to masterminds, go to self plug, hashtag self plug, right? If my retreat coming up in February, for real, like take a chance, go out and meet people, find that community because it makes such a difference. All right. Self-plug over. Here's the amazing conversation with Glow. Let's go. Glow, what's up, yo? Yo, what's going on? 
<laughs> um, thanks for doing this. This is fun. Yeah, I'm that excited. We're in San Diego. <laughs> we just did Brendan Burchard's influencer event, first ever. First ever. Feels and good to be part of the first. Yeah, right. I love that. That's why I, I'm weird about this stuff. It's like the <laughs> it's the competitive part of me that I just love to be a part of, like the ground level. Mm-hmm. Um, and we met earlier today. Yes. Around noon. It is now almost 10 p.m. Wow. And ten hour friendship. A ten hour friendship. Getting deep. Right though. But it's super cool. Will you talk about the power of mastermind? So we just joined well, I just joined Brennan's mastermind. <laughs> <You> cannot, <laughs> I'm in Brennan's mastermind. Yeah, you are. I took a sabbatical, but I am back <laughs> in. Yeah, you're back in. And it's already been like it's a major dough, but it's already been yeah. like the push and the love. Yeah. That I've already gotten in the ideas. The connection, the community. Yeah. Yeah. It's already been like, woo. <laughs> My sound is a little bit mm. different. Mine's more like, woo. <laughs> uh, Rick Ross, put the mic up. Hello. There you go. Oops. Now you're good. Um, you so will you start s- over? Sorry, let's start. No, over. no, we're not. This is part of it. This is part of the process. <laughs> em- <laughs> embracing, embracing it all. I was like, my audio wasn't good. No, it's good now. Um, will you talk about other part of community in a way it's been important for you like i know earlier this year you had a massive like upgrade so what was that (laughs) (laughs) what as far as far as just your business oh okay so i was like when you said massive i was like oh my cyst i thought we're talking health wise (laughs) we'll get into that (laughs) we'll get into that (laughs) and then i was like wait upgrade (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm weird. Okay, so yes, ma- massive upgrade <laughs> with my business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, when I went to High Performance Academy mm-hmm. um, in Phoenix in March, um, that was the first time, that was my first like live event with Brendan. And yeah. it really, and that's when I like joined the mastermind, went to the private breakfast where he kind of broke down his whole like, his business strategy and what he currently does. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much, the, the, the man is full <laughs> of gems. Like you, you <laughs> feel like he's taught everything that there is to know about any type of like business mastery. And then he teaches another funnel or he teaches another system or he has another framework. And I'm obsessed with people who are obsessed with growth. Mm, and yeah, um, yeah it, it was great. He planted the seed of an online course, which has been something I've been sitting on for like a year. And he mm-hmm. finally was like, dude, just, F and do it. Like, obviously not in Brendan's words, because he's a very pure and wholesome man. <laughs> um, but sometimes you just need permission. And yeah. I don't know why I didn't give myself that permission. Hmm. So, yeah. I love that. And so what you say, so you, will you tell, are you fine telling people? Yeah. Oh, let's talk numbers. We're yeah, not talk, numbers. Let's talk numbers. Yeah. We, what I love about these masterminds and these events is that you mm-hmm. normalize the numbers. Like, talking seven, eight figures, like, it's, before I'm like, oh, 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 but now it's so <laughs> normalized in my head and it's so mm. like achievable because now I'm halfway there. I love so I did 500K in revenue in 2019 and just my online course has done 130K. I do my third relaunch in two weeks. That's so so I'm hoping to do uh, 200K by then. But it's, yeah, these, norm- these numbers are so normalized now yeah. because you're around people who are just not even big thinkers they're big doers mm. like dreamers and thinkers are everywhere but the doers are in this room oh i freaking love that so much yeah um so like again like you're talking about like it's so normal which is awesome and like i want to get there i want other people to get there yeah. but let's really like talk it out yeah for, yeah for people who aren't there yet yeah of course of course so how did like 
like you get 130k mm. in how many months um so march yeah, it launched six, april 28th so six, may eight. june july august september october yeah wow six months so six months and it's only two launches so i do a plf jeff walker um mm -hmm. launch style so it's open and closed cart for seven days so you have seven days to join and then i close the cart for the next two months oh wow and then i open the cart up for seven days again because the way the course is done is a drip style format so okay. I don't want it to be something where you buy it once. And I'm like, all right, thanks for your money. Bye. It's like, no, mm -hmm. we have every Sunday we get on a group coaching video call. We break down the mod module one. What did you guys struggle with? What are your questions? Oh, Let's talk this. Let's talk about that. Here's module two prep. Here's what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. What are your struggles? Unmute yourself. Talk about what you're struggling with this week. I wanted to make it not only a two-way street where it's very interactive, but I want mm -hmm. it to be accessible to them. And there's something about video coaching. When I do the post course surveys, like 60% of them say like the, the coaching calls were the best part of the course because they felt like they had just such direct access to me, which cool. most course creators don't really offer. And what are you educating? What are you inspiring in your courses? Yeah. So the course is called Blog Like a Boss. And blog Like a Boss. <laughs> blog oh. Like a Boss. Oh. Um, I'm helping <laughs> bloggers turn into like entrepreneurs. A lot of bloggers are very... And I say ignorant with not like a negative connotation because that word um, has negative weight to it. But mm -hmm. when you're ignorant, you just don't know better. So a lot of bloggers don't know how to monetize, don't know how to really put themselves out there to be marketed towards, to be pitched, to position themselves as an expert in their space. So I really help bloggers turn into more than just a blogger. They're, they're an entrepreneur. They're a mm. business owner. Your blog is like one vehicle to get you to you know your riches or whatever you yeah. want it to be so i'm um, just really helping them arm them with the tools to help them um make income with their blogs and that's so cool so blogging or especially now like traveling to make money yeah as you know and a lot of people other know like it's glamorized yeah <laughs> and right like so will you give people a background just tell your story of like where you started how you got into it yeah. and then we'll kind of go through your journey yeah. Oh man. It's, it's always like, there's like a 10 hour version. There's a two hour <laughs> version. I'm going to give like the five minute version. Yeah. Go for it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I graduated university, uh, marketing and mass media major hey. minor in graphic design. So I've always been kind of someone who I dabbled in TV, dabbled in radio, dab dabbled in journalism. I mm -hmm. love media. Um, but you kind of like know that there's not one job title that kind of encompasses all the things that you want to do. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to travel. Booked a one-way ticket to Europe. Um, had an internship for six months in the UK. So you just wanted to move and kind of like take that gap year. Is that the plan? Yes and no. So I studied abroad the year before. So okay. like just having that like semester abroad kind of gave me my first out-of-country experience of like, whoa, the world is amazing. It's big. And <laughs> yeah. travel, of course, was like something that like especially millennials. Like millennials in like 2014, like it just became the thing to do. Like everyone was like, oh my God, study abroad. I'm going abroad <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Italy. Like it was just, yeah. it was, it, it was like almost <laughs> like this epidemic. Like everyone was doing it. It was, it was like trendy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I was kind of like, I'm just going to travel till my money runs out. But I always knew that I was very resourceful. Mm. So if I have a laptop, if I have a camera, if I have Wi-Fi, I can find ways to monetize mm. anything, something. Um, there were many days, many days. Um, I remember like just being down my last five bucks and like, I would like check my pockets, check my wallet. I'm like, Oh, maybe I can find like a spare Euro here. Yeah. Maybe there's like just a couple bucks here. There mm -hmm. was never anything like, you know, <laughs> those days where you'll find spare change from the laundry. Mm -hmm. Like those days were behind me. Um, so it, it's, 
I think a little bit fast forward, but I think the reason I'm so, I don't even want to say, use the word fearless because we all have fear. Mm -hmm. But the reason I shut my fear up is because I know what it's like to be in rock bottom in a foreign country where I don't know a single soul. I know what it's like to go days without eating. I know what it's like to be mentally and physically at my lowest. Mm -hmm. So to, to have survived those chapters, life, there's nothing you can throw at me now that will mm. get me back down there because I've, 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 I've survived it, you know? And so um, I kind of, throughout my last six years of just traveling and kind of figuring out the business side of being an entrepreneur as a travel blogger, where it was mm. very much a hush-hush world. Like no one mm -hmm. talked about what they charged. Nope. No one talked about how to make money. It wasn't something you could just like Google and find answers to. No one, no one even had a course where you can invest in. Like there was just nothing out there. So I was like, man, I just kind of like hustled and asked and networked and invested and did as much as I could to like just teach myself stuff. Mm -hmm. And because I was just so authentic with my message and my branding, and I always like just wanted to just genuinely share travel stories mm -hmm. and help people travel for cheaper. Um, my audience just stuck around. Like whatever I was mm -hmm. doing, they were there. And a couple articles went viral, and that gave me the exposure that I think any travel writer, travel blogger dreams of having. Because once that happens, all of a sudden the brands are pitching you. They're chasing you down. Like, mm -hmm. Glow, we found your blog. We'd love to fly you to Germany. We'd love to fly you to South Africa. We'd love to fly you to Brazil. Write for us. Do this. We want to buy this. And it was just like, yes. Yeah, like, this is, this is it. This is it. Mm -hmm. And for, like, two years, I said yes to everything. Cue the burnout. <laughs> but because you want – but. I think that's just part of the process yeah. though, right? Is that, that that's how every journey begins. Yeah. You're saying yes to everything cause you need to. And then you need to, and then you get excited by the idea that like a year ago, this wasn't possible a year ago. Yeah. You dreamed of having these yeah. brands at your door. So how, how you'd be crazy to say no, mm -hmm. even if it means you're not sleeping and you're just not taking care of yourself, like take advantage, <laughs> take advantage. So I yeah. rode that wave. Until I burnt out um, and I realized it wasn't even, it was last November where my blog finally hit six figures. Um, I was in Jamaica and I just remember feeling like, oh, okay, like the, the moment of like fulfillment and like, what's the word? Where you just kind of feel like you've reached it, you've done it, the satisfaction. Mm -hmm. I was like, that, that moment's gonna come, I've done it, I'm here. And I was like, Ah, it's not coming. I was just like, wake up. Okay, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. Said that for three weeks, fell into depression. I was like, the heck is wrong with me? Like, how can I have done five years of grinding and hustling <laughs> yeah. to reach this point? And I'm not even happy. That's when I realized money does not equate or, I mean, money gives you the ease of not worrying about money. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it. But it doesn't change like how you feel. No, no. Because if you can't find happiness within yourself, you won't find it with more money. Mm -hmm. It's not going to come from a watch and a new, you know, anything. Because well, you keep looking to, f like, yeah. fill it. Because even, exactly. even if you have money and, like, sweet, I can travel anywhere I want. Yeah. It doesn't matter because of what you're about to go into is, like, you didn't have anyone to share it with. You didn't have a bigger purpose. It felt very isolating because there weren't many people that I knew that, and no, I don't want to say worked as hard. The, the travel space, again, it, it's very, there's a conditional way to make it as a travel blogger. Mm -hmm. And then there's a crazy way. I went the crazy way. <laughs> yeah. I was like the all out hustler. And like a lot of people in the industry knew me as that. I was just, I was the one that did it all, knew everyone, networked like crazy. I was just a hustler. And so I got to where I was because I worked so hard and that kind of isolated me and not by 
well, by default and also intentionally, I kind of like did my own thing because I was like so determined to reach this point. And so you get there, you realize you kind of like scared everyone off. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, it, there's no fulfillment if you're building all these riches for yourself and you're not able to help mm. or give back or, or create things that can help other people. And so going to the High Performance Academy in March in Phoenix was great because it, it, it was my first live event in probably ever. Wow. Yeah, it was, I mean, Brandon Richard, it, funnily enough, funny enough, funnily enough. Funnily enough, I think. Woo, all right. <laughs> this is why I talk about travel, not about <laughs> literature. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was, I was buying, so the people that I was mentoring, like one-on-one mm-hmm. -on -one coaching, I was buying high performance habits for them. I was, mm. I was shipping it to their houses. Like that was like my little, like, thank you That's for dope. investing in me. Mm -hmm. Here's your little gifts to enter this, you know, high performance life. And, mm -hmm. um, cause it was a book that I really valued as something that really gets you thinking at another, uh, it's just another level. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when my friend told me about high performance Academy, I was kind of like, Oh, mm, mm, like it just, I don't, I didn't know. At the time, I didn't know what I needed, and so I was hesitant to go because, yeah, sometimes you don't know what you need, but you leave getting everything that you wanted. Ooh, I love that. We say that again. <laughs> sometimes you go into something not knowing what you need, but you leave getting everything you wanted. And that's why you should take the chance on going to something. Yes, anything. Because even, like, for me with this event that we just attended, um, I knew, I was like, okay, I know I have, like, like a good brand I have good momentum I think I have a good model but like some th some of the like subscription model or courses like those things were like icky words to me but I was like Ben like keep an open mind and just go and learn because of course you don't know everything right and even if you like there's gonna be something you learn that you take away it's going to be worth it right. yeah and it already had like I love that like you go in there not knowing say that again <laughs> you go in there yeah. not knowing what you need, but you leave getting everything you want. Oh, I love that. That's cool. And almost like reverse as well. You go in there <laughs> not knowing what you want, but you leave getting everything you need. <laughs> that sounds good too. It really, I mean, because it's just, you just never know what to expect and you don't want to set your expectations too too high. Mm -hmm. You don't want to say, okay, Brandon, I'm here. Fix me. Yeah, it's like, changed no, my life. Exactly. You've got to do the work. You've got to show up. Mm -hmm. You've got to be present. There's a lot of people who come to these events and they're not present. They're on their phone. They're texting. They're sitting in the back every time. They're not trying to get to the front, you know, and it, mm. it's a different experience sitting in the first five rows versus it sitting is. in the back five rows. That's why I, I get, in the, that's yeah. why I camp out by the door during lunch. Uh -huh. That's why I bring my own lunch to these events so I can rush to the front. That's actually, yeah, talk about that because that's how I met you. So, oh my God, I know. Because you were sitting, you were waiting by the door with food. And I said, oh, that looks really good. Where'd you get it? And you said. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, actually, um, this is from my dinner. I went out to, at, to an Italian restaurant mm -hmm. um, for dinner last night. And I had them like pack a to-go box sandwich for my lunch today. And that I've been just like kind of like bringing my lunch every day that I've been here. Which is smart because there's huge lines. You know, when there's 2,200 people, oh everyone's rushing out. There's three restaurants in walking distance. Yeah, and <laughs> then you can be close yeah. and then you can get a close seat. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. And then another thing with these events too is like you said people are big dreamers and thinkers, but not everyone's big doers. Yes. And that's another thing with um, these events, right? And like, okay, there's some people who didn't come. Yeah. There's some people who came but 
aren't going to do anything with it yep. or they didn't take a chance on a mastermind. Yep. And man, I just hope like my wish really is to change that. Like how can we increase the amount of doers? Like what's your opinion on that? Like that's a good question because there are so many people who just don't do it. They just listen and listen and wish and wish. And like, if you don't want that, like that's cool. Like if you're happy just being entertained or watching yeah. other people, but if you have any inkling yeah. of like, I want to be there, I want to do it. You have to do it. I have two things to say to that because mm-hmm. I think everyone has something that happens to their life. Like every speaker, what I loved is everyone had like that moment where they felt like they were given a second chance at life. Mm-hmm. And if you've never had that second chance moment, there's a different, there's a level of motivation you haven't reached yet. Mm-hmm. And I think just like with any good book, you have to read it every year because your mind and your mentality is going to be in a different headspace. And so mm-hmm. some people come in here with the, this limited thinking headspace. There's all these mental blocks. They have bad relationships with money. They have bad relationships yeah. with selling. You know, so they have to first get to a place where they can open up to take action, give themselves permission to take action. Mm-hmm. So I think some some people it takes them two events, three events before they actually do something good about point, it. Good point. Yeah. They're so kind of like a slow, yeah, a like, slow burn, like they're warming themselves up. Yeah. I, I, I think it takes some people a little bit more to take action. I'm the kind mm-hmm. of person where... You tell me once, like, oh, this will change my life. Okay, I'm going to do that thing that changes my life. Yeah. Brendan talked about making a course. I'm like, okay, I'm publishing my course a month later. Mm-hmm. And I did it, you know, because I'm, I'm a doer. I've, that's, that's, that's how I operate. That's the only way I know how to function. Like, if my happiness, and this is probably not a good thing, <laughs> my happiness is directly correlated with my productivity. If I'm not productive, if I'm not producing or creating, I'm not happy. Mm. So it's like, but I need direction on what to create and produce. So let's talk about how doing though, like with every amazing strength, there is the dark side of it, which is okay to to embrace that and talk about it, to recognize that. So what? That was a yawn. Oh, a yawn. No, it's freaking, we've been going ham for like three days. It's okay. I'm (laughs) tired too. Yeah. Sorry guys. I just, I was like yawning and trying to like pull back from the (laughs) mic. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) It's been, it's been like 12 hours a day, 10 to 12 hour days for the last three days. Well, yeah. And it's just like straight intense. Like it's not like you're just sitting down. No, it's mentally exhausting. Yeah. But amazing. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about how doing has got you in trouble. Ooh. Um, do we have to, (laughs) I mean, there's, there's many types of trouble that I've gotten into. Um, what, wow. I mean, how deep into this question do we want to go? go? This podcast is meant to go into the deepest of depths, the deep, the dark. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's delve, gosh. grab your scuba gear. Let's go. Oh, where do I start? Like regarding business, regarding like, let's do both. Start oh, with business. How doing has got me in trouble. Um, well, start with, yeah, let's go back to, Man, I mean, there's so many, because I've always been someone who's like really, I don't want to say I'm not afraid of consequences, Mm -hmm. but I rather ask for forgiveness than permission. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, sorry. Rather than like, can I do this? I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then I'll say sorry for doing it if it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's kind of been my approach to life. And that that's gotten me in trouble for sure. Um, Even as a travel blogger, some of the things that I talk about, like, you go to some countries and you talk about socioeconomics, racial tension, hmm. politics. You know, there's a lot of travel bloggers who very who smart. don't. Well, yeah, because they just like, hey, life is good. Here's this pool. Oh, it's like you're you're being beach. paid to promote the good of a country. Like that makes sense. What 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 are you doing talking about their politics? You know, it's, okay. There's really no 
well, I don't want to say there's no place for that, but like I think there's a very specific market of the type of work that you want to do or if, or the, the ladder that you're trying to climb, you don't talk about politics. Mm. And every now and then I'm like, screw this ladder. I'm doing mm-hmm. my own thing because like, I want to talk about this stuff. Like no one's talking about the hard stuff. No one's talking about what it's like to travel as a solo black woman, being mm. mistaken as a prostitute, being Whoa. denied service at restaurants because of colorism. Okay. You know? Hold on. We're going <laughs> to stop. We're going to talk about there. Will oh, you, here we go. So yeah. So what is it like traveling as a, young black woman yeah i mean there's there's going to be a variety of experiences i would say 92 93 percent positive mm-hmm. amazing incredible even preferential like you get celebrity hmm. treatment you go to a country like latvia where they probably see a black person every three months <laughs> and you go to a, you walk into a club and they like they escort you to vip oh. and the music changes to rap <laughs> <laughs> That's it can awesome. be quite awkward <laughs> You go into an Uber and they're putting on hip hop. You're like, okay, thanks, guy. Isn't that so funny, though? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's obviously um, as a courtesy and it's and it's funny, but um, I've signed Serena Williams' autograph in a couple of countries. <laughs> um, I can but, see that. Yeah, but yeah. on the on the uh-huh. downside, yeah, you go to countries where they have lots of racial tension, mm-hmm. and like Brazil has a huge colorism problem. It's one of my favorite countries. It's a be- it's a beautiful place. It's a massive mm-hmm. country. Um, but there's no denying the tension when it comes to black Brazilians and the darker your skin color is, the poorer they think you are. So I went to a restaurant during like carnival season and it was a nice restaurant. And so you walk in, well, I walked in at the time and I noticed that I'm only, I'm the only black person in there. Um, the restaurant is made for like tourists. You can tell the type by the type of crowd, Mm -hmm. but I go sit down, I eat by myself all the time. I go sit down and I notice that the waiters, I know they've seen me, but they're just walking by me, not acknowledging me. And mm-hmm. I'm, I try to be respectful whenever I'm in different countries. So mm-hmm. I'm going to learn like 10 to 20 phrases or words cool. in Portuguese, in the, in the language. So I'm just, you know, speaking a bit of Portuguese and I'm like, yeah, no one's really, you know. And so finally I was like, oh, maybe I, I'm just going to speak English. Excuse me, um, a yeah. menu. And like, oh, oh, she's American. You can see them scrambling for a menu, oh. realizing that I'm not a black Brazilian, but that I'm an American. So tourist. they weren't serving you because they thought you were a black Brazilian. Who probably Whoa. didn't have money, who maybe was going to dine and dash, who, you know, who knows what assumptions and labels they placed. And, and so that was like, once I realized that, I was like, man, like, really? Like, hmm. 2000, this was 2017? Yeah. Like, this is really what life is still like, you know? And it just, you have such raw and real moments. You're like, okay, your audience knows you're in Brazil. Do you talk about this? You have Brazilian followers and fans. Do you talk about this? The answer is always yes. Speaking your truth in real time is so liberating. But when you do it with tact, I'm not talking, telling the story to make Brazilians feel guilty, to, yeah. to shame the country, but to let other black women know, if you go to Brazil, this might be your experience. Don't internalize it. Don't feel bad because it happened to me too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then you've, like, again, let's go back to, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There's, yeah, there's so many, I know. So what doing, how doing has got me in trouble. Oh, yeah. No. Or before we go back to that, let's. Because I love these stories of of how real you are. Yeah, because how many countries have you been to? Um, 78. 78. That's crazy. Yeah. What's like one that you want to go to next that you haven't been to? Ooh. Do you have a list like that? You know what's so funny? As uh-huh. of last year, because last year was like kind of my last time I was like, so right now I'm just going to be very honest. Uh-huh. I don't travel for anything less than 10K. So if I'm working with a brand, they have to be paying me that at minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, because Dude, is that in addition to 
your travel? Yeah, or, so they yeah. always cover round trip airfare. They're mm-hmm. going to cover the hotels. They're going to cover food. And um, if you want to do this, you have a course that you teach people how to do yes, this. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, blog like a boss. Um, I think the main way that people can really leverage their income or start making the bigger dollars is packaging their services and packaging their offers mm-hmm. and developing their skill sets. It's not, I can't charge that much just because I'm a good writer, but I've, not only am I a good writer, I'm good on video, I'm good with stories, I'm good at curating, I'm good at editing, mm. I'm good with blogging, I'm good at social media, mm. I take my own photos, I can take my own, like I can do it all. Mm. So if I say, instead of doing this one-off campaign, I'll reverse pitch you this idea, we have a three-month digital campaign. And so I also invest in the longevity of a partnership because this, think of like one-off partnerships as like a one-night stand. It's like, okay, uh. it's cool, maybe it's what you want. You yeah. guys are both happy, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe. cool. But <laughs> <laughs> You guys both got something out of it, (laughs) but maybe we can date a little bit. Let's flirt. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, let's try keeping in contact for a couple months, couple Mm -hmm. weeks. Let's, you know, let's actually entertain each other and let's see how we can both elevate each other's platforms. And so I'm always looking in the longevity, um, yeah, of the brand because my audience, I, I cherish them so much and I, I never wanted to be the person who's posting an ad or a sponsored post every other post there's a lot of bloggers and i get it they got to make money Mm -hmm. and if the money is good like if you're getting paid 2k per instagram post and you want to post and some people get more than that man oh my god like i'm like didn't i think kendall jenner for the fire festival i think she got one or two million yeah for one post well so let's be realistic there's not many kendall jenner no but still so so if we're talking about the average maybe travel blog i think the, the one that i know that charges the most money she charges fourteen thousand for one instagram post so this that's is like insane. so in the travel blogging industry i think that's pretty much peak about 15k for one instagram for post. one post yeah that's one, wild, one instagram bro. post it, i mean when you have over a million followers i mean you can you can um it makes sense mm-hmm. um i mean traditional media is i mean the media in general is, is evolving by the month by the year um but I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, well, it's me. I'm I'm interrupting because there's so many cool things to ask about. Yeah. Um, you were talking about I think Ch- charging. Yeah, services, charging. Valuations. Longevity. So in- yeah. investing in the longevity of your brand because if if yeah again so your audience they can tell when you're just like doing things for money. Um, and I've yeah. seen like bloggers post one brand and then post their competitor a month later. And I've, oh. seen, I've seen their audience call them out on it. Like, oh, weren't you just promoting X company? And they'll say, oh, I changed my mind or, oh, I did more research. And I'm like, oh, come on. So is that they like, like what, what is an example of like two competitors that you would post about? Uh, let's is say like hotels. Um, th- there's that because there are the ex- same. Well, there's location? exclusivity contracts. So okay. if like if a, I don't know, if let's say the Marriott says you can't, um, I don't even know Marriott's competitors. What Hilton? Like, yeah, Hilton. Well, you know, it's it's something like that. Or phone mm-hmm. companies, maybe like Google Pixel and uh, Samsung. Mm-hmm. They're competitors, so you know, posting about both of them. Okay, um, okay. Maybe yeah, Away Luggage. Away is my favorite luggage. This is not sponsored. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Samsonite. You know. Okay. Endorsing both of those makes brands. sense. It's just, so two of the same products. Yeah, just two different in brands. the same market, but two different brands. Like you probably want to. And like within a month of each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah. And it's it, most mm-hmm. most contracts come with like a three three to six or even twelve month exclusivity clause where it's saying like, okay, if we're gonna pay you all this money and you're gonna mm-hmm. work with us, you cannot work with one of our competitors. And they'll either list the brand names or they'll just list all of the like markets where you can't compete. 
So it can be it can be quite com complex. And for exclusivity, you can charge more for that. So like that's you know another few thousand that you can say, okay, well you're taking more money out of me out of my pockets because I can no longer say yes to X amount of contracts mm -hmm. because now you own me in this space in this vertical. So I mean it, it's yeah there's leverage there too. That's cool. So. Do you have any countries that you want to go to? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the cool thing I was saying, the cool thing about mm -hmm. last year is that I, I pretty much checked off my last bucket list destination. So, cool. so now I have to like just come up with random places that aren't really like uh, my bucket That's list so is crazy. complete. So now I'm just kind of like, oh, I guess I'll go there. It's on the map. Well, and it was wild because <laughs> I was hearing you talk to someone. They're like, hey, where are you from? They're like, I'm from Dublin. You're like, oh, I've been there four times. <laughs> That's the coolest part uh -huh. about out of the 78 countries, there's probably like 52 that I've been to at least four times. That's wild. Well, I, I go to, I'm not here tra chasing a country count. Like yeah. if I love a country, I'll go there 10 times more. So, and that's what I love about it is that yeah. you're going there to enjoy it. Oh my God. Not just to check it off. No. Because it's the same thing what we just talked about money. Yeah. Like if you're traveling mm. to check it off, you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Absolutely. And then again, you're just chasing that feeling of checking instead yeah, of enjoying it. That, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it is a goal for some people. And then, you know, that, that's totally fine. I think there was like, there's the youngest Canadian there's a youngest Spaniard, um, youngest black person to travel. Like there's, there's to visit all the countries. Yeah. Or so everyone, it, it's become like a hot, like viral topic in the last yeah. two years. Um, so it is, there's a few like records in the Guinness book. Hmm. Um, but I don't think I, I don't want that stress. I don't want that life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, this is so fascinating. Cause, <laughs> cause I think anyone, cause of course, like you live, what most people would think as like the ideal life. Yeah. And like, I, I never like from the outside, for right? For sure. For sure. Of you're getting paid to go to beautiful places. You're getting paid to yeah. travel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you straight out had to like hustle <laughs> because you didn't make money at first. You're going place to place. Ooh. You were just like, you were, yeah, you're getting paid, but to just I like you weren't making money. I was so poor. I literally, I couldn't even afford to eat. Like I would eat oxygen for, for dinner. Like I would eat, like, I would be so hungry that I would, the only thing I could afford was like sleep. Like, you know, when your stomach is like, you're so hungry. It's like, you had to just go to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, it's 4 PM. I'm starving. I, the only thing I can do is sleep to remind myself how to, 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 take my mind off of the fact that I'm so hungry. So how'd you get there? Oh, not knowing how to negotiate with brands, signing mm. contracts where there's a net 60 or net 90 clause. You do work and they don't have to pay you for three months. Yeah. No one tells you about that. You learn the hard way. There was a lot of like trial and error. There was a lot of being taken advantage of. There were a lot of brands manipulating me. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of brands who knew that it was the dream for a lot of people to get paid to travel. So they would promise one thing and then just out of nowhere, like, oh, they'd pull out at the last minute or they would add more work to the contract. Mm. And you were in a tight place because you're like, oh, I really need this money. And they can kind of like almost abuse, you know, you. And so it just... It, yeah, it, became, it was hard. It was hard. I had to like step away for a bit and be like, I'd rather be pro broke than sacrifice my dignity. I've got to find a sustainable way to do this because mm -hmm. this isn't working. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, and how many days did you go without eating? I think the longest, I pub, in my book, I published 48 hours without eating. Um, but there, were, there was like one week where I maybe survived off of two loaves of bread. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's like you can the load the, yeah. the baguettes in in Europe. I mean, they're pretty big. Yeah. So it's like you kind of like you ration it by like. Yeah, if you if you kind of you just kind of graze throughout the day. Graze, you know? I like that. Yeah, because you're you're Nibble. like yeah, because you don't you know that you're like okay, I'm not sure mm-hmm. when I'm gonna get money again, so I'm gonna try to stretch this for like ration two three days. Yeah, it, I mean it was, and the thing is like I don't hide this. Like when mm-hmm. I when I wrote my book and I was doing the pre-orders and the pre-sale. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The first chapter I gave I gave out a chapter for free. Mm-hmm. Guess what that chapter was? Going hungry. 48 hours of starvation. Uh, okay. I want, I wanted people to understand that it was not glamorous to get mm-hmm. where I got. And, and to also people love struggles. It's true. <laughs> I think we talked about it here. Like no one wants to hear about how you were a trust fund baby who quit their six figure job and had all this savings to chase a dream. Mm-hmm. They want to hear about how you starved to, mm-hmm. you know, starved and struggled and, yeah, how desperate you were and how hungry you were for success that you mm-hmm. went this far, you know. So that was, yeah, it became part of my story. And I didn't want to bring shame around it either because I think mm-hmm. when you own your story, no one can use it against you. Yep. Have you ever been lonely since you traveled so often? Like, yeah. So let's answer. Then I want to talk about like what you've learned from so much solo travel. Yeah. Did you grow up? Cause you seem extra. Are you extroverted? <laughs> I think I was extroverted, extroverted for the first 22 years of my life. Okay. 23 to 29 now introvert as hell. Introvert as mm. hell. Yeah. So that's when you started traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So what changed? Whew. I realized I didn't have the capacity to give my energy to everyone and that not everyone deserved my best energy. Ooh. I was the kind of person where I'm like, Whoa, I love everyone. I'm in a new country. I love your country. Let's be friends. Da, yeah. da, da, da. And then I started meeting soul suckers and just vampires of my energy. And I was just like, Whoa, you're, you're really negative. But I felt the obligation to still give them my time and still mm. give them my ear. Cause I'm like, they're a person. Let me, let me hear them out. I'm like, no, not everyone deserves that. And there was a really cool um, tactic that, one of my really good friends, Samantha, taught me is when someone has really negative energy, mm-hmm. cross your ha- cross your legs and cross your cross your arms. Do something to reject the energy because you might start like taking it in unintentionally or subconsciously, huh. and you walk away feeling like, oh, why, why do I? Oh man, I feel bad about life. You they they gave you all their negative energy and you absorbed it. So when so I so literally cross your arms, cross your legs, and re- just reject and it, reject and just kind of take a step back as well. It's almost like this like physical that. barrier of like, okay, I, I hear you. Huh. I'm, 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 I'll respect you as a person, but I reject this negative and toxic energy you're throwing at me. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you finish your sentence, I'm going to like politely dismiss myself to the restroom or something like that. Mm. So, um, I l- realize that I, I love talking. I will walk up in a room <laughs> and I, I will entertain a fly on a wall, but they, when I, when I, can feel that someone is worth my time. Mm. And when I say worth my time, it's not like I'm like, mm, what can you do for me? Who, who mm-hmm. do you not know? But like someone who I feel like has a heart of gold or is mm. genuine or has a story to tell. Everyone has a story to tell, but only some people really have tapped into the potential of what, what their gift is to this world. Yeah. just like a good soul. Yeah. Those are the people I'm like, Oh, you've got, you've got, I'm, what do you need? How can I help you? <laughs> give you everything you know uh-huh. those are the kind of people i really want to be connected to and when you become a kind of person who's really mm-hmm. resourceful and successful everyone wants to be around you and the wrong type of people get around you and you get a bunch of leeches and mooches uh, who just want to just 
take, 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 take. Every, yeah. And I had to really start drawing boundaries, which was hard to do. But when you're an introvert, it's like, oh, I don't have to be in this room. I can just silently dismiss myself. Yeah. No, I love being just like, okay, I'm going home. See ya. <laughs> I love I it the, so much. They call it the Irish exit. Yeah. Sure you don't tell it. anyone, baby. You just yep. peace out. <laughs> I did it yesterday. I was like, ooh, it's great being an introvert. You ain't got to apologize for this. <laughs> That's awesome. So have you been lonely, though? Yeah. In so your I travels? Think, I think the very first time I experienced loneliness, it was mm-hmm. 2000, gosh, 2015. This was a year. A year and a half after I like made travel blog my full time thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're laughing because I'm yawning. His yawn was so like you know how you what? try to force yourself to hide a yawn. So your whole <laughs> everything yawned except your mouth, and it really? was because your <laughs> <laughs> forehead, nose, eyes. Exactly. But your mouth <laughs> stayed closed, so the way your face just looked. <laughs> he was like. Mm. <laughs> Again. I'm so sorry. It was, it was the That's worst. funny. This is live, baby. It was the worst. Is it live? Wait, it's it's like literally. No, it's live. not live streaming. Okay, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. No, mm. all good, all good. Okay, sorry. Back to the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lonely. Yeah. So Loneliness. The very first time I was hosted by a five-star resort, mm. it was in Thailand, and I remember. First of all, when you've never been able to afford more than like a hostel mixed dorm of 24 like dirty people (laughs) um getting to a five-star resort where you get your own jacuzzi and infinity pool i walk into this room and this collab was like i i don't i got it was lucky like i don't know how they probably must have not like done their research and checked my blog yet Mm. i like i love your honesty about that oh because i'm like i I was nobody i was like Uh. i mean i had a good personality but it was like someone spoke so and this is good good about reputation as well be so good that someone seeing your sings your praises when you're not in the room. Yeah. Because that's how you get ahead. That's how you move up the ladder. Someone sung my praises when my blog didn't have anything to show for yet. And so I got that collab. It's like a $600 a night resort. And I get Mm. in the room and I remember like my private butler just gives me a tour, shows me all the things that I have. You have your own like bungalow. So I'm just like walking around this place. And then I sit down on the bed. I look at the bed and it's like just massive and gorgeous. And he leaves. I just remember just sitting there crying. And I was like, wow. one, out of gratitude because of like, how and wow, yeah, this is me. And then two, like, I have no one to share this with. Mm. And I was like, this is, it was such a bittersweet moment because I was like, wow, like, I think I'm making it. I think I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then two, man, I'm by myself, you know. So mm. that was like a really, um, that was tough. And I, and I got through that. Like, obviously, like, I had to produce content. I was there to work. And so um, I wrote content. I took amazing pictures. And it, it was great to feel like, you know, I was getting in the direction of being uh, respected as a full-time travel blogger and content creator. Um, but then other than that, I would say the loneliness that I felt isn't probably the loneliness that most people feel, which is, like, um, romantically yeah. lonely. I think I... for. So I'm 29. I think mm-hmm. until I was the first time, like I remember a guy expressing his attraction to me. I think I was like 21. Hmm. So I was like, I was an ugly duckling growing <laughs> up, and yeah. that was such a blessing to me because I never relied on the validation of men. I never Ooh. knew what it was like to always have someone on my arm. That's I had deep. friends in college who literally like broke up with one boyfriend two days later. They're on the arm of yeah. another guy. They needed that validation so much from another person. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what that was like. So I've been so independent for so long. And so 
I never felt lonely feeling like, oh man, I need a boyfriend. I need a, you know, I, I never felt that, but I would say the loneliness I felt was not having an entrepreneurial community, not having people who mm. were just like go-getters, dreamers, hustlers, people who just wanted to change the world just in their connection. own ways. That. So that, that would be the loneliness I felt. And I think that was more, yeah, feeling, um, yeah, kind of like feeling like you don't have a, belong, you, you don't really belong. You know, um, yeah, so I think that no, yeah, that's question. awesome, okay. And so, what have you learned from being alone? Like, I bet there's so many lessons, yeah, because you haven't really had like a permanent home, yeah, so for six years. Just this year, I signed an apartment lease in Malta, which um, is a great strategic location because mm -hmm. you're one hour from Europe, two hours from Africa, three hours from Asia, about eight, nine hours from the U.S. So it's like if depending on where I have to fly, I'm pretty like, you know, I can get there in under a day. Um, People don't know who ge don't know geography. Malta is small island under Italy. Sorry. Yeah, which is wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. beautiful island. Really, um, it's been a it's a, been a great year. I, I think mm -hmm. I've been. I call it. <laughs> I throw my money away in Malta because I I signed an apartment lease, but I don't even like. I haven't been there in the last three months. Yeah. <laughs> so basically it's like almost like a storage unit. Mm -hmm. It's a two bedroom penthouse and it's become a storage unit That's because dope. I'm never there. How much is rent there? Um, yeah. So actually Malta is pretty affordable. So, uh -huh. um, you can get, so I, my, where I, where I stay, mm -hmm. I was like, do I want to give out the city? I'm not going to give out the no, city. No, don't give out the city. But um, rent is a thousand euros a month and that's including everything. That's bomb. But I think you can find, like if you want like one bedroom studio but it, and apartment. And that's probably a dope spot too, I bet. Yeah, it's by the water. It's by the beach. Yeah. Um, but if you, on, on the low it's end, dope. if you want like middle of the island where it's not by the water, maybe one bedroom studio, you could probably pay like 300 euros. But you're by the beach. Yeah. Two bedroom penthouse yeah, for a thousand it's, it's euros. It's pretty nice. It's pretty Everything. nice. Everything. Yeah. That's dope. Um, I would say the only downside is that it's the furniture, like it, it came fully furnished. Um, the furniture was like from like the sixties. So, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, do I invest? No, I don't own this place. I'm going to loot. But it's a, it kind of like it, I die a little inside every time I have to see these like, <laughs> plastic couches. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, what have you learned? Yeah. From traveling solo. Um, oh man, so much. <laughs> yeah, I bet. No, it, it, cause it's like, where do you start? There's so many layers to the education that you get from travel. Um, People are innately good, and it's, it's so so cliche, but it just, oh, the amount of genuine, kind, honest, wholesome people and out there. And everywhere. It doesn't matter everywhere, where. Everywhere. Because everywhere. I think sometimes, especially for Americans, oh my God. we think that we need to help people. Oh, oh. <laughs> people are fine. People are doing mm -hmm. good. There's a lot of people that are like, even just from a, from a, a livelihood standpoint, yeah. We're not as high up as we think we are. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll just say that. There are people that are a lot happier with a lot less because they've figured out the, the work-life balance. And I think um, here in the States, I think we glamorize the, the hustle culture where it's like, oh, especially, especially people that have like a system to build, like the corporate ladder. They're like, okay, if I don't take my vacation time, my boss will think I'm a hard worker and I'll just keep, you know, sacrificing vacation time, just hustle, hustle, hustle. And then maybe in 10 years, I'll get to that next spot. And mm -hmm. it's just like, we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't stop. We don't know how to take a step back. We don't balance. Um, and yeah, we don't really value our mental health and our, just our physical mm -hmm. health. Um, but yeah, so work-life balance is a lot 
a lot of countries do it really well. Scandinavia is amazing at that. Um, the Caribbean islands, mm. <laughs> man, my happy place, put me on an island, barefoot, mm. like, yeah. villa on an island. I'm, well, <laughs> if God took me tomorrow, I'd be like, yep, if I'm on a, <laughs> I'm on the beach, <laughs> on an island, like, mm. I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm good because there's this, there's this calm and this peace about just, mm. like, being on this island where it's just, the pace is different. The conversations are different. The it's stress just like levels now. are down. It's just like now is all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Like there is no goal. Yeah, yeah. Which is refreshing. Yeah. I Even know. for a couple of doers and achievers. 100%. Yeah, we need that. But sorry, getting back to your question of like what have I learned from people or the world? Either. Either. Um, yeah, that there, there's just there's so much you don't know that you don't know. And mm-hmm. a global education is much more valuable than one in a classroom. And you can, it's never too late to reteach yourself how you feel about a culture, a religion, mm. or a situation. I love that. Yeah. What would be one thing, like if you see like a personality trait in someone, yeah. and you advise not to do Ooh. what you're doing? Ooh, so I see something in someone where I'm like, Ugh, don't, don't, don't do try that. to travel, don't try to blog, like. Like, I know it might sound glamorous, but I would say not to do this. Oh, okay. Wait, okay. What were you thinking? I interpreted it as like, if I see a trait in someone in general, Mm -hmm. like what would that be that I don't like? Or someone who wants to be a blogger, a trait. Yeah. If someone wants to be a travel blogger. Okay. What's something that they shouldn't do? Like, what's a personality trait no personality trait that you think like hey this might not be a good fit for you entitlement entitlement and a lack of discipline so a lot of bloggers come into this industry feeling entitled to free flights free perks free Mm. this in two months i better be making money they just feel entitled to getting all the rewards without putting in the work (laughs) and then the lack of discipline i mentor a lot of bloggers and the biggest thing is that they know they have to do the work, but they complain about the results they don't get from the work they don't do. Mm. And I'm like, I can't, I, I don't know where to help you if you can't do the work. Like I, I've given you the tools, I've given you the strategy, here are the methods. It's overwhelming, it's a lot of work, but it's work. And if you can't do the work, I can't, I can do, I'm meeting you halfway and I need you to take two steps forward too, mm. you know, so. Well, I love that, because it's like, no matter what it is, no matter how glorious, no matter. Uh whatever dream yeah. you have yeah it requires work 100 percent, right boom boom like no matter what you do save yourself the trouble don't avoid the work yeah freaking embrace it and that's okay and if you know that you're someone who doesn't like hard work that's okay like not mm-hmm. all of us have to be these hustling entrepreneurs yeah. like you can fall into the system i'm kidding (laughs) no no no. like we need nine to fivers like we can't all be entrepreneurs the world would literally collapse at the weight of our egos if we're all entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. fighting for the top you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's funny for keeping it real let's talk about so one thing that you your story that captivated me earlier this afternoon was how hustling and hustling and hustling affected your health yeah, so that was huge. Um, I noticed in the last like year and a half that I had I had start sharp stomach pains, but they were sporadic enough to where I can get away with not getting it checked out. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I'd feel it now. Maybe two months later, I'd feel it again. 
ah, you know, okay, I'll cry myself to sleep this night. Okay, then three months later, it comes again. It was so sporadic that it's like, okay, when it comes, it was, it was excruciating pain, but it would go away in about 10 minutes. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe it was something I ate. Maybe it was, mm. you know, because again, you are traveling, you're in these different countries. You do, you know, there's bacteria, there's stuff in the water. <laughs> Traveler's diarrhea is real, you know, so <laughs> there's all that other stuff yeah. that comes up. And so you just kind of like think it's something that you ate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but it wasn't until January of this year where I was in Malta. And I was like, man, the pain is really bad. And it got to a point where I was like, I, I need, and I, I Samantha, who's the, the girl who, yeah, you met today, mm-hmm. who's the reason that I, I've come to these Brendan Bouchard events and I owe her so much because um, she's one of the, the few people that I can read, no matter what's going on in my life. And I think this is a hard part as well. When mm-hmm. you get to a certain point as an entrepreneur, you can't trust everyone with certain information. Mm-hmm. And I got betrayed by two really good friends in the industry and it really hurt because it was information that it was personal and I'm already a very vulnerable person and there's not much that like I hide from the internet. Like I'm very public with my life because Mm -hmm. I do want my story to liberate others to share their truths. But what I went to them with the information I gave to them, it was so, it was so private and so personal. There's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah. And so when I was betrayed, I was like, man, I really can't trust anyone. So Samantha was like my one person and I bless her heart. She's, she's been a saint to me. And Mm. I I really hope and wish that everyone has a Samantha in their life (laughs) because it just, you know, because I don't know who I would have had if I didn't have her. So, um, yeah, so I, I go and get checked out, and I, I'm telling her these symptoms, and you know, and she's she's like, yeah, you, you gotta go, like, glow. I, I I'm sending her pictures. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's growing. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> so yeah, I was in your stomach. Yeah, so I was, I was shopping in the maternity sec- maternity section for months. That's how accustomed I was to hiding it. But yeah, so like, I, did you think you were pregnant though? No, because I wasn't even <laughs> active. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to do things. Yeah, pregnant. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You never know. You could be like Mary, just immaculate conception <laughs> up in there. You could be giving birth to Jesus. I was, you know, I, there's that, I was like, I'm very picky when it comes to that. Because uh-huh. I, I think when you, again, you're traveling as a solo woman, it, it's accessible. Like, and you get, oh, for sure. you get hit on a lot. And it's mm-hmm. like, nah, like, cause when it's just, when it's almost too easy and it's not, yeah, you don't want to entertain the easy because then it's like, oh, okay, they're going to move on to the next person that says yes or whatever. I love that. So, um, but anyway, maternity section. Yeah, so uh, you, you, um, <laughs> yeah, you asked about, yeah, so ultrasound, CAT scan, they find this watermelon size, seven month fetus size cyst that's, growing on my ovaries. That's insane. Like, watermelon size. The doctor was like, I don't. And he, he, I know, I, I can tell he was trying to be respectful and also honor the, because of course my face at this point is like, you know, I'm like, just like, am I going to die? Yes, of course. Anytime you go to the hospital and you, they find anything, the first question Watermelon is like, size, yeah. am I going to die? Is it benign? Is it cancerous? What is this big? Cause you, I showed you the, yeah, you showed me the picture. The it's x-rays. like, it's taking your whole stomach. Oh my God. It, pushing my organs out of the yeah. way. And he was like, I, I genuinely don't know one, how you got away with just walking or do, yeah. functioning with this growing and two, how you didn't have any pain. I was like, the pain was there, but I was, my pride didn't let me go find out about it or go explore it. Like mm-hmm. I'd cry myself to sleep. I'd have the episodes and I'd move on, you know? Um, Cause again, when you hustle and work so hard for a lifestyle, you don't want anything to stop your get in the yes. way of that. I was like, I, fine. 
I gave five years <laughs> to get to this dream body. How dare you try to stop me? How oh. dare you try to get in the way of this hustle? <laughs> I work for this. I deserve this life. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm going to keep traveling. I'm going to keep doing my thing. Nothing's going to stop me. Mm. Pride, ego, nasty. Anyways, long story short, I go into operation the next day. Call my mom. Very, uh, probably the most painful conversation of my life. Um, she flies down to the next flight to come to Malta um, to be with me for operation. Um, yeah, I take a bunch of, they do 21 blood tests to make sure that I'm even Sheesh. operationable. <laughs> Woo, English language. Um, <laughs> yeah, and ask me if I want to have kids, ask me if I'm planning, just all these questions. I'm just kind of like having, I just like kind of like blackout. I'm also on these, uh, what it, what it, they give you all these drugs, of course, because they got they got to sedate you as well. Um, yeah, well, it's just so much to handle. Yeah, it's so it, much information. It was all happening so fast, and of, of course, kind of like Brandon talks about mortality, motivation. They do mm. talk about hey, there, there's a chance there could be complications with this, and just so you know, like what's your insurance policy? You know, what do we do with the body if it comes down to? That? And I'm just like, are you Whoa. kidding me? Like, it becomes so morbid so quick. And I'm like, I have to force my mom. Like, I know that, like, I'm like, my mom can't hear this conversation. And so I force, I'm like, oh, okay, can I? I'm like, I just see a room with an open door. And I'm like, can, can we go there? Can we go there? And, I'm just, and I, my mom's like, what, what, what? I'm like, mom, 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 oh, just one second. I just remembered something. And I'm just like, I, I do whatever I can to get as far away from her and this conversation as possible. Mm. And yeah, it was a lot. Anyways, long story short, operation went, it was successful. Everything was great. The recovery is where the transformation happened mm. because the surgeon goes, I don't know when's the next time I can clear you to fly. Um, so basically after the incision, they put staples on me or I, I got stapled back up the staples. And I got to show you that picture later, but the staples <laughs> were, I mean, they were, they were ugly. It wasn't, I'm surgery already isn't pretty, but the staples, I didn't expect them to look like train track. Like it was like a curved train track trail. The blood was still oozing out of my skin. <laughs> it just looked like it. I'm like, is this what it's is? Is it done? Like is, is it? It just didn't look finished. And it, I, I was so embarrassed to show my mom because of course my mom's freaking out, asking if the doctor qualified. Up to like, like I don't even know what part of this you're almost sternum. Yeah, about about so, there. So almost sternum down to. Yes. Yes. The underbelly. Yes. Um, and I think, yeah, you, you don't, you don't even, because you can't eat before operation, you you don't really, eating was hard. Like my mom cooked, my mom was there for a week after surgery and then she had to go back to work. So she cooked me all these meals. There was like, there was one, no desire to eat and two, no energy. You're just so drained. You're on these pain medicate because everything hurts. I remember the first time I coughed. And again, when you have this cyst that takes up your whole stomach, your organs are moved out of place. And so now when they're back in the place that they were supposed to be, you feel everything, every breath, every cough, every sneeze, every laugh. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I kind of laughed. It was so painful that I was like, I remember I was like, I need to watch war documentaries yeah. because I need to make sure that whatever I'm doing is like crying or mad. <laughs> I can't, I can't laugh. Like I just, yeah. it was just so painful. I'm crawling to the bathroom like. And even, I mean, let's just be all the way real. It took me like nine days before I was regular again. Had no bowel movement for nine days. Whoa. Like it was just, 
my body was like relearning how to work again. There was just so much that happened with my intestines mm -hmm. and things being moved out of place. And, oh, it was weird. You just felt like reconstructed almost. And then you look in the mirror and you see like, yeah, you, I remember the first time that I looked in the mirror and... Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> I saw I saw the scar and I was mm. like I almost wish the cysts were, were there because mm. it was again w women we have so much shame around our body mm -hmm. and I all I remember thinking was like how it's so ugly no one's gonna want me after this oh my god oh. I have to live with this for the rest of my life how did I get to this point and just shame 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 and I'm just like I remember being like man I just I wish I had my cyst back, like, because at least my cyst, with my cyst, my, my stomach looked normal. Well, there was no scar. Yeah. Um, during that journey of, like, journey actually is now what I named my scar. I call oh, it I a journey it. because it's been a journey to accept her. Mm -hmm. um, but in that recovery process, I really had to lean on meditation and journaling and doing the self-work. And I remember reading my devotional one day, and the very first line was... Um, Thank me for the conditions that are requiring you to be still. Up until that point, I was forcing my recovery. I was forcing like, okay, like maybe because the doctor's like, okay, you can't sit like this. You can't stand like this yet. You can't do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm like pushing myself. Put my mic because I got to travel. I got to get back out there. I got to, <laughs> you know, I'm just so relentless about just being out there. And I remember once I read that devotional, I just, oh, I cried for hours. I cried for hours because I was like, God had been trying to just like get me to stay still for so yeah. long. I was so stubborn and I was just so caught up in just the hustle of finally building my life that I just didn't want to slow down because I was afraid of losing everything that I built. Ironically, I had to be forced to, mm -hmm. sit, to stay put to um, get perspective. Um, so Brendan Richard's event was the first thing that I went to after I was fully recovered and it was the best thing that could have happened to me because it, it helped me realize that okay glow if you drop dead tomorrow your brand drops dead as well you have nothing in place to keep serving others you build mm. a course you build products that goes that lives on forever beyond your existence and I needed to put things out into the world that didn't require my livelihood or me being there you know so that was game changing for me wow Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh my that. God. <laughs> That's powerful. What you oh. yeah. what was, can you repeat? What did that devotional say again? Yeah. Thank me for the conditions that are requiring you to be still. I love that. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't read devotionals or for anyone who does, uh, this devotional is called Jesus Calling. And a devotional is great for help. If you, and this is if we can just get spiritual, if you yeah. don't mind, because I'm a Christian. Please and do. Like sometimes it's so hard to hear God's voice in the noise of like our day to day, like just hustle mm -hmm. and grind. And we're just trying to do things and you're trying to listen to the voice of God. But you're like, is that God telling me this or is that is that me or is that my neighbor? You know, you just it's just so noisy up there. So mm -hmm. you, you can't really listen to you can't really figure out what he's trying to tell you. And devotionals are great for just kind of having like a daily reminder of like what his message is and kind of simplifying the messages from the Bible. So mm. that was really great because, um, yeah, it was a reminder that sometimes your plan, his plan will always, always supersede yours and to trust his plan more than yours. I love that. Yeah. 
Dang. Okay. All right, cut, guys. That's this it. Thank almost, you for coming. <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> I'm a wreck. I love this. No. I love this stuff. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you much. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Like this is dope. Yeah. Like you're you're a dope human. Thank you. So I have a segment in the show that's okay. called Scroll My Soul. Ooh. Ooh. So what so what that means is I keep I just keep a list on my phone of whether it's inspirational quotes, my own thoughts, whatever it is from conversations, podcasts, books, any inspiration, I write it down so I can remember it. I love it. And then I randomly scroll through. Ooh. I stop and then I ask you, I, I'll read it back and say do you have a story that it reminds you of? Ooh, I love Does that. it resonate in any way? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Just anything that pops up. I love that. Let's cool. do it. Let's do it. Ooh, okay. Here you go. I stopped on <laughs> start impressing yourself and not others. Ooh. Start yeah. impressing yourself and not others. Gosh. You know, there was there's there's a guy called Clay Hebert and he's he's really good about I went to a talk of his um, earlier in the summer and he was like, the biggest difference between influencers who are good and influencers are, who are great is the look at me versus learn from me content. Ooh. Look at me content and learn from me content. And I got, I think there were a few phases of my life where I was looking where I was creating look at me content. And again, having a mentor like Brandon Richard and getting around people who have that servant, serv servant, Servant mentality, servant leadership. Yep. And it's like the learn from me. Here's how I can help you. Here's what I offer. Here's what here's what I can do for you. You know, and I started, yeah, becoming more learned from me um, a lot lately. So that's what that reminds me of. Impressive. I like that. Yeah. That's a really cool mindset. Yeah. Great. That's dope. Cool. Um, well, is there anything on your heart, your mind, your soul that you're feeling right now you'd like to share? Oh my gosh. Um, there's so much. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like, yeah. And, and the emotions that just spilled out now, I think is, is the result of surrounding yourself with people who just get you. I think there's been all my life. I've never really had like, I got along with everyone. I was a floater at lunch. I could sit at any <laughs> table and get along with anyone. Like mm -hmm. I never had a core group of people who every single day I sat with or every single day I checked in with because I was always, I was always, I always felt weird or different or just felt like there was no community of people that really got me. Mm. And it's just such a powerful thing to feel understood and feel heard and feel seen and being at events like this and meeting people like you mm -hmm. and listening to other people's stories and, it, it's such a powerful thing. And so to anyone who's out there listening and feeling like you don't have community or you don't know what your calling is or you just feel lost in life, like get to an event, whether it's an empowerment one, a business one, a personal development one, get in a room of fanatics who want to change the world or who want to do something yeah. bigger with their platforms because you're going to find your people there. That is amazing advice. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. Boom. You're my people. Well, well you're my people. <laughs> And just wow, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah. You're thank you're not asking me. Questions. Yeah. You're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're so welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for staying late. Like, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Pleasure to meet you. It's past my bedtime, guys. It for is context. Past. It's 11 p.m. I've been going to bed at eight. Like eight o'clock is my bedtime. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. I wake up at four. I was telling you that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm not a 5 a.m. person. I'm a 4 a.m. Hey, person. let's go. <laughs> hey, well, thank you so much.
My pleasure. Thank you again for having me. Adios. Bye. Alrighty, Grill Junkies, if you love that episode, make sure you go leave a review on iTunes because it really helps the show so much. It helps us get noticed. It helps us gain credibility. So please go leave a review if you loved it, and I would appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. And remember, there's the Goal Link Retreat coming up. So if you want to know like how you meet people like Glow, you got to go out. You got to get out of your comfort zone. It may not be my retreat coming up. That could be one way. Click the link in my description if you want to go. But just go. Go do something new. Get out of your box. Go to a conference. Go to a networking event. Like Go find that community because it's so incredibly helpful. And travel is just one way to do that. And that's why this week's challenge is inspired by Glow and her brand, The Blog Abroad. So our challenge this week is to travel somewhere new. Whether it's booking a flight today. You could take a spontaneous road trip or just going to a new restaurant in your town. Just go somewhere that you've never been. Get out of the routine. See something new, right? So inspired by the blog abroad, travel somewhere new. You don't have to pay tons of money. Just go somewhere new in your town because I can guarantee there's some place in your town if you look on Yelp or if you look on Google that's popping. That's tons of reviews that you've never been because you take it for granted. So go somewhere new in your city. And once you do, hit up me and Glow because we want to see where you're traveling, what you're learning, and all the benefits of it. So hit up me, follow me at Golink Group, follow Glow at Glow Graphics. Check the description. You can find those links so you can follow her in the show notes. Man, this was a cool episode, wasn't it? I learned so much from her. I love her energy. So hit us up, tag us in your stories when you're traveling somewhere new. And remember, my friends, if it's anyone, it's you. If it's any time, it is now. I love you so much. Please hear that. I love you. You're awesome. Keep killing it. Have an amazing week.